Thank you so much for checking out this Coins Age Media podcast. Once you get through with this show, please go over and check out coinsagemedia.com and check out the stuff that we're doing over there. We've got links to absolutely everything from YouTube channels, podcasts, indie film, you name it. It's there. If we're doing it, it's on the website. So please check it out after the show and hope you find something interesting there for you. So uh, let's get going with this audio podcast that you've tuned in for. Alright legends, welcome along to the Hellmouth Hotline. I am your host, Rodney Stewart. We're going to get into the first episode of Season 2 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Now this podcast was originally conceived as a, a Buffy-only podcast, but, you know, the the horror genre is flipping massive. So we're going to be skipping between Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the Hammer Collection for a while plus we have uh, access to that shutter app as well so we're going to get on that shitload of stuff so we're trying to get back to daily uploads on this podcast i have slipped up in a big bad way over the past month or so no episodes have gone out whatsoever but we're back now and we're going to get at this as uh, as much as possible so sit back and enjoy some uh television horror with this episode of Hellmouth Hotline. The episode was called When She Was Bad and it was originally aired September 15th 1997 and it takes place after the the, the episodes or the seasons of Buffy the Vampire's there seemed to run within the school year of the the cast and this series and this starts off directly after the summer holidays uh, pretty much after the the confrontation with the master at the end of season one so at the beginning of the series we've got Xander and Willow and they're out kind of patrolling why Buffy is away she spent in the summer with her father and uh, there's been very little uh, vampire activity throughout the summer but on this evening they're they're out and they're quizzing each other in film quotes on the outskirts of the cemetery in Sunnydale uh, there's a tender moment between Xander and Willow as he playfully puts ice cream in Willow's nose there's a lot of you know pop culture references to movies in this part here and uh, the humour in Xander's part is yeah, I enjoy this show but the the type of humour that Xander is big into in this series watching it now is a bit on the annoying side even back then it was fairly annoying to be fair uh, there's a moment where they're almost going to kiss each other and you know there's a whole thing throughout season one with Willow kind of you know having romantic feelings towards Xander but as we progress through the series you know we know this doesn't happen eventually but <laughs> there is this moment at the beginning of the episode uh, when that's happening a vampire sneaks up on them and uh, attacks them 
and Xander's doing his best to fight it off. And then Buffy turns up out of nowhere, takes the vampire out, and uh, we open up into the episode. Um, Buffy in this episode is, I don't want to say PTSD, but it's that's probably the closest uh, reference you can get to what what is going on in Buffy's head in this one. She is uh, dealing with the, the aftermath of fighting the master and she's having nightmares about it. Uh, there's a great little sequence in the the episode where, you know, she's in school and uh, she's chatting to Willow and Xander and then Giles comes up and you know, he's gone over a few things about needing to talk to her and then, you know, I got you killed once, I could do it again sort of thing and he attacks her and starts to choke her and then all of a sudden he turns into the master. It's a great little sequence. And, uh, you know, now that I've told you that there, that's destroyed that for you completely. But uh, watching the episode again, I completely forgot about that there. And it's just that well done that uh, kind of still takes me a bit, a bit surprised to this to this day. Um, Giles finds the gang at school when the episode opens and explains that, although they've closed the hell mouth when they defeated the master the mystical energy still attracts evil forces to the town Cordelia of course now is fully versed in who Buffy is she's the slayer and you know uh, the Scooby gang is you know they're vampire fighters and whatnot. and uh, she starts to talk about what happened with the the master and everything in the school way and you know Xander's like, like, talk any louder we need to keep this a secret sort of thing but uh, Cordelia still thinks of Buffy and her friends as outsiders and Giles asks Buffy to you know, resume her training after school and when she's practicing she's, she has this vision of the master and begins to like, you know she's fighting against this this dummy that Giles has set up for her to you know use her attack moves on and she absolutely destroys that completely like her strength is overboard and she seems to be losing control uh, of course again there's nightmares and everything She's, she wakes up during the night from one of them an angel is in her room and he's he's there you know angel in true form what he was like in season one you know, he, he usually turns up to give her a heads up of anything that's going on you know as far as the demons are concerned and whatnot and he's warning her this time that the the anointed one the child from season one that led her to the the master at the end he's kind of taking control of the remaining vampires and he's planning something and we find out that he's told his followers to dig up the remains of the master and he's going to use this uh, spell to reanimate the master, bring him back. Um, it's an interesting little scene whenever the vampires are digging him up because when uh, Giles and the Scooby gang buried the remains of the, the master, like they, uh, they anointed the ground with holy water. So whenever they, the vampires are digging them up using their hands, like they're starting to burn, but uh, they're not allowed to stop because you know they the big plan is to bring the master back so 
uh, it's little things you get there that I enjoy about the show. You know, really, really pushing on to the the history of vampires throughout cinema history, really, and bringing up the television. Really, really enjoy the show because of how well they pulled that off for a show that was, you know, not always fairly adult in nature, but. Uh, bumped on the themes that were normally kept for late night television back in the the nineties whenever this came out. This was like a brand new thing, like you know, most shows these days push the envelope as far as they can. But Buffy, when it came out, was uh, you know definitely something that well, me personally, where I grew up at and the shows I watched at that stage, was stuff that we didn't necessarily see portrayed at the time of night that was put out you're talking probably 6 p.m 7 p.m in the evening but that was like two hours before the watershed in the 80s something this here would be kept for like after 9 30 p.m to 10 p.m whenever all the kids were supposed to be in bed um there's a sequence in the bronze where you know well i should say this part where angel is warning her about it she she was very cold towards him brushes him off and like you know get out of my room sort of a thing and uh and she turns her back on him she's in bed the whole time he's sitting in the windowsill and she tells him pretty much tells him to go away and uh she rolls over turns her back on him and angel says that he misses her or he missed her and uh she goes to reply I missed you too but Angel but Angel does his disappearing act before she gets the set uh, the following night at the bronze Buffy turns up and she's a complete bitch in this uh, sequence just to everybody that she knows all her friends like Willow gets a bit of a cold shoulder from her she knows that uh Xander has the hots for her from season one. There was the whole thing there. So she gets him onto the dance floor and she dances with him. She gets him all close and you know she's rubbing herself up and down him and uh, making him feel really uncomfortable. And this whole time, Angel is in the crowd watching this happen. And that's all for his benefit to make him jealous. And uh, she kind of whispers into Xander's ear, you know you know, you would like to have your way with me sort of a thing, don't you wish I would let you, and kind of brushes him off and leaves, not so much in those words but that's the kind of vibe she gives him so she really pushes the the bitch button right here, she's just she's turning, doing her best to turn everybody against her sort of a thing you know, uh, and we, we do discover later on in the episode it's because, you know, she as trying to push people away so that they don't get hurt on her behalf sort of a thing but the best part of this episode is Cordelia we get to see a different side to her in this episode after the sequence happens I'm just checking the battery in my recorder because this thing's going to pass out at any moment so if there's any uh, sound difficulties happening in the background if we're getting any buzz because we've got low on batteries that tends to happen so hopefully it's not happening um, we get a good side of Cordelia for a change she follows Buffy out 
of the bronze into the alleyway behind it and she's like you know you're really really pushing for bitch of the century sort of a thing and she really that's a really grown up moment for Cordelia and she's like you know pretty much you know pull your head out of your ass sort of a thing you're, you're going to turn everybody that cares about you against you sort of a thing and uh, you know I I enjoyed seeing that in Cordelia in this episode she pushed the tends to push the clueless thing especially in season one like so so far and uh, to see her being the the voice of reason in this episode was a nice nice touch and uh, you know eventually when Angel gets a spin off show she gets taken across to the spin over with him or the spin off with him and uh, she really starts to shine in that series so uh, the anointed one uh, they've dug up the master and he sent the, the vampires to uh, the whole thing is for the spell to work he needs people that were close to the master so when Cordelia is given after Cordelia gives Buffy the the what for for being a bitch and Buffy walks off we see her getting dragged under the shadows by the vampires uh, and uh, we discover that uh, Miss Calendar has been kidnapped as well um, he spec uh, the next day Giles Xander Willow's concerns about Buffy uh, he speculates that she has a tough time handling her traumatic encounter with the master. Buffy shows up to tell them about her discovery. Uh, she finds out what's happening with the from Angel, of course, that the the anointed one of the vampires is that something. Giles remembers the existence of some revivication spells. He just seems to pull out pull the plot of the story out of his arse every time something's happening. Oh, I know what's going on, sort of sort of a deal. So uh, that's a bit, you know, of course, like he's he's the one that's there, the watcher. He's supposed to know all that stuff. But the fact that he, like nine times out of ten, he, he pulls out exactly what's happening. <laughs> uh, that night, they learn their revivication spell needs the blood of the closest person or, or persons to the deceased. Buffy thinks she's the target. As she and the master were close, she thought, you know, the, the closeness is the fact that she was the, he was the master, she was the slayer, vampire, vampire slayer, sort of a deal. Uh, a brick gets chucked through the window and uh, Cordelia's necklace is wrapped around, around it. And uh, the willow calls it an obvious trap. Buffy leaves saying in frustration that she cannot look out for everyone while slaying again trying to push everybody against them uh, inside the basement where she's been led Buffy and Angel find one female vampire Buffy realises the trap is not for her at the same time Giles realises that the Latin text and whatever book he found all the info on said that the ritual requires the blood of those physically nearest to the master when he died. In other words, if you remember the close of the episode, Buffy dropped the master through a big like, glass ceiling 
into the middle of the library and uh, Giles Willow, Cordelia and Miss Callender surrounded him as he disintegrated. So they're the ones that the vampire is after. Uh, Giles and Willow kidnapped by several vampires. Buffy returns to the library where she finds Xander you know, bloodied and knocked out. And like he is not amused when Buffy's like, you know, you okay sort of a thing. Uh, Xander just, you know, as far as he's concerned, she abandoned her friends. And if anything happens to Willow, he will kill Buffy. So that's an, a nice change here. When uh, Xander, who, you know, in season one was always like lapdog to Buffy, like turns around and the episode one was like, you know, if something happens to her, I will kill you, sort of a deal. Uh, Buffy then goes after the, the vampire. She interrupts the, the ritual. Uh, she slays several of the vampires while Angel and Xander rescue the others. And uh, there's a nice little fight sequence at the end of this episode and when the vampires are all killed and the the anointed one makes his escape uh you know the skeleton of the master is laid out on this table and buffy smashes the bones to bits you know like uh i think willow says finally it's all over and sanders like it's not over yet i think it was sanders said that I should really have watched this episode again. I'm trying to get this all out of memory here. So please forgive me. It's late at night. I'm trying to get this episode out. And uh, Buffy, you know, lifts a stick and she she beats the skeleton into pieces and like it's and uh, up above her friends is watching her and it's surprisingly a very, very emotional scene. That's the one thing I enjoyed with Sarah Michelle Gellar and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know, I wouldn't consider her the best actress on the face of the planet whenever she puts that unspoken emotion into a scene where she's just like physically taking out the aggression on the skeleton and she's letting, you know, it's not anger, but it's, you know, the emotions and the... You know, she's almost breaking while she's doing it. And uh, it's and just the, the little bit of a score that they have playing in the background is just, I don't know. It just it didn't bring a tear to me, eye, but I did feel myself welling up slightly in this part of the episode. But at the end of the episode, uh, Buffy turns up in the class the next morning, apologises for her behaviour and... Uh, they don't say we forgive you sort of a thing, but you know, they just sort of like invite her to sit down and they get into their their teenage chat that they normally have, joking in the classroom sort of a deal and you know, she smiles, knowing that she's been, you know, welcome welcomed back into the pack. Uh the closing shot of the episode is the anointed one coming back in to the the room where they had the, the skeleton and it in pieces and uh, he gazes at the destruction left behind and somebody remarks, I hate that girl. So that is Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, season 2, episode 1, when she was bad. Fairly strong opening 
two season two. I enjoyed it, but uh, the best is yet to come in this uh, this series. So uh, yes, this is the series where Spike and Drew Silla turn up in Sunnydale. So uh, looking forward to getting into more reviews on this series, guys. I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.